Hello, and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. Well, I'm convinced that Jesus, that God has done something for us and that His will is profoundly good for His people, but also that He's waiting on something. And that is for us to take Him at what He's spoken to us, take Him at His word. And you know, it does say this in, what is it, Hebrews 10, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, this equality, the Godhead sitting there waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. And it's so interesting, this concept, that we're waiting for him to come back and do something, and he's waiting on us to enact what he has already done. It's a different, it's already a different mentality, right? Yeah, man. And that's where I'm at today. Um, I want to talk about this concept. Even something that I read in Luke 18, Jesus giving this analogy, this parable of this woman asking for justice to even an unjust judge, but will not your father actually do justice on your behalf swiftly? But then he tags something on the end of it. But nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes in my return, will he really find faith in the earth? It's like, yes, we're asking God to do something. We're asking God for justice and, and to make things right. And God answers. But even more than that, nevertheless, will, will I find faith when I come back here? And um, there's something that I, be, that I feel um, of this sense of responsibility, but it's, it's so inspirational that God has given us so much in His words and the things that He's spoken to us and in this power, this authority that he's caused to be released into us in his spirit. And he's waiting for us to fully believe it and, and enact it in the world as the church. And, um, you know, if I, this, you know, this week, I wanted to kind of, even for the messages, I wanted to hit a pause, right? And I do teachings I've done for 10 years and I do them thoroughly and I do them every single week almost. And, and, um, you know, even what we've been in, a lot of our church history, a lot of our, um, the church history and, and, and the main players and the characters of the Bible and the book of Acts and all these things, I've been enjoying doing that kind of stuff. But I wanted to hit a pause um, mainly because of, of, I feel like sometimes I'm so ready to move forward and stuff and get the next thing and continue revelation and continue enforcing through the stories and the teachings and the scriptures the reality of this New Testament, this new covenant truth, this gospel. But I feel like sometimes it's good to go back and realize that there's still food on the plate to be eaten in the voices, the words that the Lord has, the words that he's spoken to us. And, you know, he used to say stuff like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, you know. And um, I mean, shoot, even the book of Revelation, like he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says, the Holy Spirit says to the churches. And there's something that, that it seems that we're called to, to literally pause and to actually meditate and process the words of the Lord because they're so layered and there's so much to them. To like, almost like an incubator to like cultivate that reality of what he's spoken on the inside of us because he's said this stuff. He's given us this, he's articulated these these principles, this reality of heaven, and he's put it in seed form into all of us. And instead of just being like, 
wanting to have our, you know, our ears tickled. It's like he says stuff. I remember even him saying to the disciples when he was trying to really get down to the nitty gritty with them and talk about where he was going, right? He, was, he literally said, let these words sink down into your ears. He would say stuff like that, like, verily, verily, I say unto you, like, like really pay attention to these things that I'm saying. And if we're not careful, they can just become parables or stories that we know and we memorize, when in reality, the essence of heaven is in these stories, it's in these parables, it's in these words that he's spoken to us, and they're the answer to everything we're walking through in this life. And we're looking for wisdom and we're looking for all this understanding. And it's like, yo, he's already spoken so much into us. And if we will value the reality of what he's spoken and even the stories of the scriptures in the Bible, all of it comes fully alive. And we realize there's so much more to it. And we, and, and we what is it, the, the word in, in the Psalms? David would write something and then he would say, Selah. You know what I mean? Which we've kind of come to translate that meaning pause. Like, sit on this thing. Chew on this. Let this sink into your ears. Actually think about this. You know who I, I don't follow much, but the, the psychologist, Jordan Peterson, and now he's go, gone over this thing where he'll go and he'll teach the Bible or he'll talk the stories of the Bible to, in a lot of his um, seminars and stuff that he does. Um, but what he does that's so brilliant but is so simple is he reads the Bible and he sits and he thinks about what it means. And nobody does that. You know what I mean? And we have the Holy Spirit within, within us. And we've talked about that so much, you know, in the tabernacle, the, the sevenfold, the, the menorah that was lit represented the sevenfold spirit of God. And then there's the showbread, which represented the word of God. And in order to eat one, you had to have the other one lit. And so we have the Holy Spirit to bring this thing alive. But instead of reading just to try to get our quota so we feel accepted by God, let me read my one chapter today or my two chapters or my eat your eight, eat your eight chapters. I've heard that one before. Instead of that, say la and understand that this ain't no Ouija board, man. This is more living and active and powerful than anything on the earth, the word of the Lord and the things that he speaks to you directly. And so much times it's like we can stop. And that's what I loved about, you know, Jordan Peterson is like he'll read something, he'll stop and he'll just think about it for a long time. But you don't even have to be clever or have, a, I'm a, have the teaching gift or have a degree. It's like you can literally park on some of this stuff and let it come alive to you by the Spirit which is in you as a believer. And, and what it really is is value, seeing how powerful this thing really is. I love um, Mark 4, and maybe that's where we'll start a little bit today because this, like I said, this is a pause. This is a pause to we're actually just stopping teach me teaching messages and I'm just going to rip for about 30 minutes, maybe 40 max, hopefully, right? And just, <laughs> excuse me, get through this thing because he said something to him. You know, Jesus talked about this analogy of the words of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. He said it comes in seed form. And he would tell all these parables in Mark 4. He is a good one because he kind of layers them through. And one parable that's super common is the parable of the sower, right? It's the guy that sowed basically four different types of seed. Well, I said the seed, which was the kingdom. And he, and he says in Mark 4, 3, a sower went out and sowed and he sowed. Some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and got it. Some fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth and immediately it sprang up, but it didn't have any depth. So when the sun came out, it was scorched and it didn't make it. Some seed fell among the thorns, which they, it grew up, but then it got choked out. 
But then some seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Like that's, a, that's better than Jack and the Beanstalk. That's a magical seed, 100-fold out of the seed, right? 30-fold, 60-fold, you know. And it's easy to look at that parable and think about like, wow, that's a random teaching. But his disciples, it said, when he was alone, which we've talked about this a lot before, those around him in the 12 used to, would ask him about the parables because they didn't understand it just like anybody else didn't understand it. It was like, yeah, that's, that's a nice teaching, Rabbi. You know what I mean? But there was something. They would park and sit on this thing that seemed random and insignificant, and they would let it saturate their minds in connection to him. This is our job. This is how it works for us. And um, he said, well, to you it's been given to know. And he literally goes and he ex- under explains the parable but he says something in, in mark 4 13 he says so you don't do you guys not understand this parable so if you don't how will you understand all of the parables in other words this one right here unlocks the whole entire thing right yeah. there's the key to the map right there that's interesting because it's a it's a boring teaching to me you know if i sat at church he's going to talk about the seeds i'm like oh man how many times we got to hear this you know what i'm saying if, especially when it's not done right only when it's not done right. But it's like, whoa, wait a second. And he comes and he actually stalks it. He's like, the sower sows the word. This is the word of heaven itself. This is the word himself that gets, that gets thrown out. And he goes and he kind of, you know, it's a hundred, you know, four quarters of this, of this seed, 75% of it doesn't work, which seems like a bad deal if you're a negative, if you're a half glass empty type of person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man. But when you realize that 25% of it is guaranteed 30 at the minimum, that already makes up for all the rest of it. 30 and then 60 and 100, then you realize like, yo, but within this, there's a lot to release that's going to explode in the world, you know. And see, I've always thought of this as us in this life releasing the seeds and the words of heaven everywhere we go. I've always thought of it like that. But it's even more than that. That is true. It is the people that we release life into, that we sow into, that even if it seems like it's on stony ground, we're going to continue to sow in our life constantly to blessing, to speaking life, to speaking encouragement, because it will overtake this world. However, there's something even more. He's talking about our own hearts receiving His Word and His truth. And that's where this thing has come alive to me in this past few months. You know. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, the sower sows the Word, these are, and the ones that go by the wayside, where then birds come, that's the ones that Satan comes in immediately, the, acu- the accuser, accusation comes, because it's not Satan himself, the devil himself comes on each individual person, the devil's attacking me, like, nah, it, it, it is that accusation that's released by the demonic realm, it comes, and it's, and it's, whew, doesn't work, doesn't, doesn't, the other, the next one, the ones that are on stony ground, but they don't have much earth, so they get scorched. They're the ones that hear it with gladness, and immediately they receive it, and it's awesome. They get re- it's, it's hype. It's human hype. It's like, this is awesome. Amen, brother. You know, but they don't have any root in themselves. Hmm. And they endure, they endure for only a time. But it says afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, they stumble. In other words, it, it didn't really arise in order to take the seed out. The contradiction of the words of heaven, the things Jesus has spoken into our life, 
when the circumstance comes that's opposite, that's not in order to prove us wrong. That's in order for us to lock the flip down on, on the truth and on reality. In order to let it take and let us like, no, I'm not backing down. God has spoken this to me. He said it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's there for that. But a lot of times that's the quitting point. And that's what he's saying. The ones that are sown among thorns. Now, this is an interesting, the, the thoughts and the cares of this world. It says the thoughts and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter and choke out the word itself. That's like, man, it's real. It's there. But at the same time, it's like uh, the thoughts and cares of this world, the carnal ways of thinking, um, the, 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 the desire to be accepted in our secular circles more than actually to live this reality. You know what I'm saying? The pressures of riches, like, well, this is what I really, you know, all those things, they choke the word out. It is the carnal mind of man, the thoughts and cares of this world, the thorns, which he put around his head so that we never have to carry them in our head. Um, so he took care of that. But the ones on the good ground, they're the ones who hear the word and accept it. They're the ones that take it and they hold on to it. They choose to believe in it. They're the ones Jesus is talking about. Like, yeah, people are calling out to God for help and they're going to get help. But guess what? What I really want to know is will I find faith when I come back? Am I going to find people who are living the way I lived and swinging that axe? They're swinging that sword and enforcing heaven on the earth. That's what I really want. We're waiting for God. And a lot of eschatology, man, we're waiting for God to come and do something or judge something, or smash something, and he's actually waiting for us, like, take the sword, take it up, come on, you're like me, you're in my image, be who you truly are, release heaven on the earth, you have the power, you have the authority, it's been paved for you, you know, our brothers and sisters have died for this, you know, the apostles, you know, the prophets, you know, like they've, they've paved this way for us to choose this belief, and their ceiling is supposed to be our floor, but the thoughts, the, the, the carnal way of thinking of the earth has come and has choked it away. Almost all education, not secular, I mean, almost all biblical education, you know, is, is scholars. It's like their job is to come and intelligently discredit the things Jesus said we're supposed to walk in so that we'll accept something less than what he said. It's true. I'm not against scholars. I mean, I have degrees. So it's like, I can't be, you know, that, that's me. And, but it's just like, there's, there's something to like, you get to that place in courage and in hope and you feel that God's spoken to you and you see it in the Bible and you see it in your life, but then you feel the wave that comes to try to discredit that thing. And you know what the Lord's told me before? You know, he's, I said it. I said what I said. Like, is it okay to believe what you said? I, I said what I said. Choose what you will here. And he's waiting for somebody who will value his word above what anything else says or speaks. Because they will be the ones. The images of God created in God's image have been created to literally manifest who God is on the earth. And we've seen the one who is the express image of God. So we've seen how he lived. And he did not live below the, lineage, below the fall. He did not live according to the lineage of Adam. He lived according to a completely different lineage. And if something didn't agree with his father's will, he would change it. We're over here praying to know God's will. You know what I mean? He's manifested God's will. 
you know. Moses prayed to see God's glory and he saw his back, right? Exodus 33, 34. He prayed to see God's glory and all he saw was his back. But his back is his will. His back, by his stripes, mankind has been healed. This whole thing has been reversed and that is God's will. We can't, we can't, um, we can't undo that reality. If we, we have to take liberties with the scriptures to undo it. We have to take liberties that the scripture, will, which were a violation of what he's spoken. You know what I mean? But he talks about this stuff. I love in Mark 4, he continues and he says, Take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. And then for whoever has, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken. And this is like, this scripture, it's like, he, he's talking about like, listen, Verily, verily, I say unto you, let these words sink down in your ears. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's talking about value. Take heed with what you hear because the same measure that you use will be measured to you. What does that mean? It's like the measure, the value that you place upon those things that you hear, even when they seem insignificant or simple in the Bible or in his communication to you. Even if they seem simple, it's like, say la. Say la, man. Stop on it. Dwell on it. Let it come into your ears. Let it sink down. Like, whoa, what are you saying? Because when that happens, you know, you, you'll, I mean, I'll, I'll be laying on, the, I'm on some things in my life where I'll be laying, like even last night, on the rug in between my daughter's beds. They have this, our house is built in 1950, so it's old, so it's just weird. But their, bed is, their bedroom is massive, right? And it's like got a fireplace in it, which is so dangerous for them because they're so <laughs> sketchy. Um, you know, but sometimes I'll lay in the middle of their floor while, while they're going to bed. But it's just like, they're, at the most odd times, I realize that for all of us, like the words of the Lord's like, He's already spoken so much to us, and His words are just hovering around our life, waiting for us to, to, to advance on them and to progress. And we're like, please, I need a word. I need a rhema word. You know what I mean? We get all, all silly religious, you know what I mean? And it's just like, faith does come by hearing and hearing by the word. It's like, but the word has been spoken, so like, let it sink down into your ears and put it all together. And you'll start coming into these visions sometimes and pictures and understandings and like even this eschatological view of the end of like, oh my gosh, you're waiting on us. People are hunkering down waiting for the end times and, you know, uh, you know, and, and our people are, you know, oh, well, how's this going to work out? And we're fighting over silly things that don't even matter, you know, Christian. And it's just like, wait a second, you're, you're waiting for us to fully believe this. But I'm the only one. Like Elijah, you know what I'm saying? You're not the only one. You're on to something and there's a lot of people like you. There's a lot of churches like ours in the world. I heard that yesterday. There's a, there's a lot of people that are really on the brink of stepping into something that will be unmistakably heaven on earth. And it's like, hey, you're all your brothers and sisters and all of them feel like they're alone probably, but they're all going to click into something very similar in time. And just like, just like Goliath's head being held up by his hair, you know what I'm saying? By David and all the army that was sitting there staring at him, afraid. But then they clicked into something like, wait, oh, we're fighting now, dude. Let's, Uncle said, let's get it. Let's get it. You know what I mean? And there's something, will I find faith in the earth? Yeah, you will. 
you will find it. We, we are cultivating this reality. It comes by hearing, hearings by the word. And, it, and it's by coming into agreement. He's, he's looking in his heart. That's 2 Chronicles 69. The eyes of the Lord go through to and fro throughout the entire earth, waiting and searching for those whose hearts are loyal to him because he wants to display his strength on their behalf. That's our Bible talking about what the Spirit of God really is like. You know what I mean? He's looking for people to come into agreement, an uncompromising agreement with his word. And we've dumbed that down like, you know, he made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and gay marriage, and do do we, we want to fight all these, uh, these side fights. Bless the word of God. You know what I'm saying? No, the, the word of God is let there be life, let there be light. And by his stripes, we have been past tense healed. It's like, take that reality and make it yours. Because it's true. Come into full agreement with that until you're living in such wholeness in your family, in your church body, and the people that you're encountering with, that it becomes famous in the world. Oh my gosh, the gospel, it's actually real. It's not some special guy that travels with his tent and does his tent meetings and he has a healing gift. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we've, it's like, it's like this is actual real Christianity, man. You know what I mean? It's like, what did we talk about last week? We talked about the Apostle Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul, such a good name, but, but his real name was Saul. And what we call him, Saul bin Laden, you know, a Christian terrorist murderer. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's saying things, he says things, but when it pleased God in Galatians 1.15, who separated me from my mother's womb, interesting, and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I didn't immediately con confer with flesh and blood. It's like he's talking about things that Jesus has done past tense. And I think this, I hope I'm, this reality that Jesus is seated on, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool, like the work is actually finished. We got, we, you, know, we're, you know, let's have a prayer meeting and and have a big stadium for an outpouring of God. And it's like the spirit of God has been poured out without measure. John the Baptist said, right? In John 3, like this thing is finished and done. He doesn't do it by measure. And he's waiting for somebody to take it serious. And, and somebody who will not allow the, the thoughts and cares of this world. Or the persecution that comes because of the contradiction. The accuse, accusation that comes because of the seed to give in for what God says, people who will actually be the enforcers of what reality truly is. That's what the imager's calling is. That's us. And here's the Apostle Paul saying something super controversial. One that past tense, he was already chosen in his mom's womb. And not only was it chosen, he was destined to actually, you know, preach the gospel to the Gentiles, which was illegal, right? in their religion until Jesus had been crucified and changed their minds about some things. Sounds like he'd been crucified before the foundation of the earth. This thing's an eternal truth, an eternal reality that we have the ability outside of time and space to grab a hold of this finished work. And he said, he revealed his son in me. What? In you, right? You mean why you're persecuting Christians? Like you didn't say the sinner's prayer yet. You didn't repent yet. You hadn't done anything yet. You know, you didn't get baptized yet, then get baptized in the Spirit, and then speak in tongues to confirm that you were baptized in the Spirit. You didn't do anything. He's talking about his son in you. That's blasphemous. No, it's the actual Bible. You know, you see the tense there? It's past tense. Jesus already accomplished something. Think about Peter. Think about Isaiah. 
beautiful, poetic scripture of Isaiah. Isaiah uses more words than any other uh, prophet in the entire Bible. His vocabulary was big and thick, like his brain probably was. He says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. This is hundreds of years before Jesus even walked the earth, aside from being the angel of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about this as past tense. He was pierced, and he was crushed. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. You know? And by his wounds, we are healed. Hmm. Interesting. Past tense, this thing is finished. And this is our current reality. By his wounds, we are healed. Well, yeah, that's after we go to heaven when we die. No, it's not. It surely isn't. It's not the message of the new covenant. It's not the message of any of the apostles, of any of the disciples, of Jesus' half-brothers, Jude and James. None of them, you know. And by his wounds we are healed. Do you see the tense there? It's like Paul. It's like there's a past tense. There's something that's been accomplished that we can be waiting for something to happen for us when in reality it's, it's already done. And I'm talking about Selah, Isaiah 50, 50, uh, 3 verse 4. Like what does that mean to you? When you read this stuff, Selah, Galatians 1, 1 uh, <coughs> excuse me, 115. I ran in the cold this morning. Um, when it pleased him to reel his son in me. Why are you kicking against the goads? It's too late for you. I've done something. It's controversial, but it holds up really well. We did a lot on that last week with that, so if you didn't hear it, you can do that rather than asking me. But, um, but look at Peter. Look at Peter. Uh, 1 Peter 2.24. That's a scripture to write down. Say la on that. Let these words sink down in your ears. It's like, hey, sometimes we need to sit back like Jordan, like Dr. Jordan, and be like, what does this mean to me? And you don't even have to go to school anymore. You can right-click a lot of these stuff. You can read several commentaries. You can, I mean, this is written, it's in Greek. The Aramaic translation says the same thing. And Isaiah is in Hebrew. So all these say the same thing and say the same tense. There's not getting around it. But, but Peter adds, he says, he himself, Jesus, bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds, we have been healed. Past tense. It's already done. But it's not my reality. What's more real? If the seeds are the words of heaven and the kingdom, and they're called to be cultivated, not only in us, what we release in us, then who is... Whose job is it to enforce this reality in the earth so that it's seen? The church, the sons, the daughters. It's us, man. And it's past tense. That's what's beautiful. Does anybody doubt that? Here, this would be controversial to say, he bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. That's true. Does anybody doubt? Like, we believe that, right? Our sins were placed upon him. We, and we have the opportunity now in this present time to die to ourselves, to die to our old ways, to die to sin, to live to righteousness. That's perfectly reasonable. Say la on that, right? And 
by his stripes we have been healed. It's like, oh, well, that, well, that one's for the future. What is, it, what is the clever thing? Already but not yet. I shut up with all that. <laughs> Don't talk like that. It sounds clever, but it's not, it's not there. You know, it's like, look, it's like, wait a minute. But by his wounds you have been healed. So what's real? I know. You know what I mean? Like, like what's there? What are we dealing with here? What are these guys talking about? Less of a teaching and message, but more of like, this is, the, this is the message that's been given to us. You know, like we said about the bread and the wine. People are sick, people are weak, and people sleep early. They die early because they don't do these things with reverence. 1 Corinthians 11, right? Paul's saying like, hey, they don't realize what the bread and the wine represent. You're not supposed to be sick. You're not supposed to die early. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, it's, it's throughout the entire thing. And take it a step further. You want to say, La, look at the people that Jesus chose to write these verses. You know what I mean? It's just like, what do we know Peter as? I'm a man of unclean lips. <laughs> you know, when he first, when he's catching fish with him, you know what I mean? Obviously, he had a dirty mouth. He was, he was, he was like, man, you don't, <laughs> he, the shame that came out of him, like Jesus is picking him, like, you don't understand who you're dealing with. I'm not, I'm not one of the good, good, good people. You know what I mean? But then he becomes this, this leader of his crew. You know, he gets up and he, and he speaks at Pentecost when these 3,000 people get saved. This fisherman. But what happened right before that? He denied the Lord. So one of the wor- what could be worse than that? In his, wor- in, his, in his worst time, after he had told him, he's like, if, if, if they all deny you and betray you, I won't. Can you imagine being the other 11 disciples if one of them was talking like that? Like, man, he's selling me out. They all might, but not me. I'm down more than all of them. <laughs> That's how Peter acted. It's funny. It's arrogant. But then he's like, I don't bleep and know him. I don't bleep, bleep, know him. You know, he cussed at the girl at the, you know, that was like, you're one of them. I can tell by your accent. You know, and he's like, it's like we see somebody denying vulgar, just acting this way. And then he becomes this great leader. And now he's writing these things. You know, he's writing this stuff about the Lord. He's referencing the book of Enoch through his whole book, which is also just so cool to me. But he's like, he, he separated us from this darkness. We've been translated. The other guy, the other guy that we're talking about, Paul, a.k.a., you know, murderer, religious zealot, Saul. If you think that God actually chose and allowed these people's names to be on these verses, even though it's his, his word. But if you say la and you think about it like, hey, you don't do anything by accident. You chose Peter to say these things to us. You've given us everything pertaining to life and godliness already. Second Peter 1 says, you know, I'm just like, wait a second. They're like going back to the future. They're taking this stuff like, hey, don't pass tense. Or don't, don't future tense, past tense. It's already done. You know what I mean? Saul, same thing. When it pleased him to reveal his son to me. Like he, he literally picked somebody that was the most like zealous, racist, anger, you know, elitist, rich, you know, cruel to actually write the things that are, that are so, it's like, 
Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I like the passion on this. The case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Christ Jesus. That's the Apostle Paul literally writing this thing that says, hey, there's no condemnation. When you feel condemned by God, it is not him. And it is not this religion, which is Christ Jesus. It is not in our religion. That's the old, that's the law that brings death. It is not in this. No matter what you've manifested, there is forgiveness. And don't come into condemnation. Take yourself to him and have a change of mind. It's beautiful. But if anybody, if there was one person to be disqualified to not do that, it would have been him. He killed Stephen. He was the authority that consented to Stephen to be killed. You know what I mean? He was dragging people out of their house, created havoc on the church. It says he, he sought to destroy the church itself. And now, is it any coincidence that God's actually using him to write? And by the way, there is no condemnation. It does not matter who you are. From now on, we know no man by the flesh. That came by his pen as well. It's the Holy Spirit. But he very, very dis distinctly chose him to be the one who wrote those words. You know, why? He's making a point for all of us. It's like, believe what I say and don't compromise it. Let these words sink down into your heart. Value these things. And this is the, this is the concept. It's not like, well, I'll listen to this and I'll listen to that and I'll read this. It's like, hey man, sometimes it's like there's this value. Like he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Like pause, think about this. The measure that you use, the time that you spend waiting upon this stuff and processing this stuff will cause it to sink into you and take root in you. And then when stuff comes to contradict it, even other beliefs and thoughts, instead of just running to your own religious circle that believes just like you, allow the contradiction to come upon you and sit with those other beliefs and sit with those thoughts. I mean, no matter what it is, and let the Bible come alive and let God answer and, and, and cause his word to be a root in your heart and in your soul. You know what I mean? It's, it's different. And I just feel like, <clears throat> I just feel like there's, there's so much for us in our circles right now. And this is the way I see even growth happening, even in our church. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like us as people is the, the reality is that God is with us in this very moment that we find ourselves in right now. He is with you in this phase of your life. And there's so many people like, I'm looking for God. What's he doing? What's this? What's that? I need a word. I need direction. I need all these things. It's like, hey, his word surrounds you. But sometimes we have to be, we have to be able to sit down in the moment and be present with him. Present and honest and see what the good shepherd is doing. He's good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. And we're looking for our five-year plan and our next steps so often. But the things that unlock the doors, the things that unlock the, the phases and the things in our life is like he's wanting us to get something. Take this thorn out of my flesh. You know what I mean? Come and do this for me. My grace is sufficient for you. What, you know, it's just like, hey, listen, like, hey, you've got what it takes. Lock into me in this season. And you put your sword to that thing's neck yourself. I've empowered you to do it controversial again I know but listen I think we get in this we can get and, I, and I'm and I'm a guy I'm a dude but even women can do it. anybody can we can we can get into this mentality of like 
doing things and accomplishing things. How many things have I got done today? How many things am I accomplishing? What's my life looking like, especially to the outside? You know. But I think that God is developing stuff in His people, in all of us, who are actually coming into agreement with the Spirit of truth and in His Word, the Word of truth and the Word of life. And that is the double-edged sword that cuts through the bone and the marrow, through the soul and the spirit, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions, and the eternal spirit of God and of our own self that was created in His image, that He's actually dividing some things in our life so that we can be who we truly are. You know? And even some of the things, I mean, some of the things that I've written out for myself, I wasn't going to do this for y'all, but it's just like, hey, like, what are the spots in your circle, in your sphere right now, are there points of inflammation? You know what I'm saying? Like, are there inflamed spots? Is there discomfort in your life? In any, is there something robbing you of your peace? There could be that our progression and our growth has to do with dealing with those things in the here and the now in relationship with Him. And almost always those things come down to, are we going to believe Him? Or are we going to believe what we feel and think? You know, are we going to accept the state that we're in? You know, anxiousness, fear, pain, regret. Or are we going to actually sink down into the truth, the reality of the word of the Lord? And we're going to actually truly believe who he is, what he says, what he's done. You know what I'm saying? And actually our go that bias stripes where are healed. That even goes into our own heart that we can actually release forgiveness and actually release those situations and stuff that he allows to come up in our hearts and in our circles right now and in the fear and in the discomfort that we feel in order for that stuff not to be in our subconscious reaching its arm from the back seat steering our car you know was that just way too much right there you tracking i'm tracking with myself you know um but yeah but the, the inflammation but are, they, are their lights turning on? It's like, wait a second. Is the, the word of the Lord coming alive? Is there things that are coherent? Are you discovering things? This has always been like the Christian walk. It's like there's, there's the voice of the Lord. There's the things that he's speaking. There's the scriptures coming on. Hey, this makes sense with this. And this doesn't contradict this. This actually, boom, boom, boom. The stuff that he's building within you, are directly related to actually those becoming a part of us in order for us to move forward growth and advance. That's the way it works. You know, the path of the just is like the rising of the sun. You know, it says it's like it's like it's brighter and brighter to the fullness of day. We're not supposed to be walking in confusion and, and just not knowing things like this true walk. He's actually real and he talks. We should be growing in it. You know. Are there things in our life that contradict what this covenant says and what Peter's saying, what Isaiah said, which is what God said because it's in his Bible that is by his stripes were healed. And it's just like, well, what are we going to believe? And are we going to come into agreement with that seed, that eternal seed, and actually continue to speak that even into our own self? The reality is, is we were actually made. We were, our life was breathed of God. So we from, from the jump, oh, I've been adopted. It's like, yeah, no, you're in his image. You were created of him. You know what I mean? That word adoption in our Bible in Romans, like that's a, that's a different adoption than what we think about an orphanage. You know what I'm saying? But it's like we are his seed. We are the children of God. Now he's redeemed us. And that word adoption literally talks about bringing sons into maturity and releasing them into the family business. But it's like there's this, there's this reality. We've been breathed. Our life was breathed of God, but also our vessel was created of the dust of this earth. We are the earth. We're of the earth. 
We are the place that the seed goes in. And I think it's even more than that. Not only are we of the dust of the earth, we're the dust of Eden. We are from Eden, man, which was heaven on earth. We were created literally in the image of God, breathed of God, created with the very same ground of Eden, right? And what do you think about Eden? The tree of life is there. You know what I mean? Read Revelation 22. I mean, it's like, it's, it's beautiful. The fruit that's, that's year round, the peace that there, there's no darkness there before the fall. And, 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 and in the Revelation 22, like in the finished thing, like it wasn't like, oh man, you know, there, there, there wasn't the, the thorns and the weeds and all this stuff. It's like Eden was, is perfect fertility. And we are that. We were made for the seeds of having his words to grow and thrive in us. We're not deficient. Mm -mm. We are made to receive the word of heaven within our hearts. We are made of Eden, created by our Father, in order to cultivate and bear the fruit of his spirit in all of our life. You know, Life and death are in the tongue, right? Those who love it will eat its fruit. It's like we can come into agreement with the things that he says and speak them continually and cultivate them in our own hearts. These things that are our scripture and that our word. It's, it's not like just memory verses for the point of impressing our friends when we talk. It's like we, we speak these, we cultivate these things that he spoke. And by doing so, we're allowing them and we're cultivating them to grow within our hearts and minds. And that's still in Mark 4, you know. What should I liken the kingdom of God? A mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds, but when it's sown, it grows up and becomes bigger than all the herbs and shoots and large branches. It's the most important thing. You know, Mark 4, 26. It's as if the man should scatter seed on the ground, should sleep day and night, but it sprouts and it grows, even though the man doesn't know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, the blade, the head, the full grain, and then, but when it ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. It's other, in other words, like, hey, it's not an accident. The good earth of the good heart of, of who you truly are, it's literally made day and night to grow. You, you're, been, you, you're like miracle grow. Like we are compatible, you and I. You know what I mean? The trees in the field shall clap their hands. Like all these prophetic symbolisms of the Old Testament is talking about us. They will be like the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, Isaiah called them. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Revelation, uh, Revelation 22, the, the, the trees of life are planted in a place where they connect to the river of life, which actually flows from heaven. You know what I mean? It's all about the family of God. It's all about us. Ezekiel talks about it. You know what I mean? Revelation 22 talks about it. It's like literally they're connected and they bear fruit 12 months out of the year. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, it says. Is that heaven when we die? No. Is there months there? Do there need, nations need to be healed in heaven when we die? No. It's for here. It's for right now. This whole thing is for right now. Breathed of God, the breath of God. Mm. Gaining understanding of things, of roots, of the things that hold us back by knowing him by continually coming into agreement with the things that he said, even when we're not seeing it, and then being at rest day and night and allowing it to grow and cultivate. 
not letting thoughts and cares of this world, the thorns, not letting the adversarial contradictions, any of these things, not letting accusation, the accuser that comes and snatches about, letting nothing, you know, being one who guards the garden of our own heart so that it cultivates and releases heaven on earth. And it starts off small and insignificant like a mustard seed. But it comes a big old big daddy, you know. This is the message for today. Um, I might, I might leave it at that. Taking God at His word, choosing to fully come in into agreement with it, and pausing. And I'll be honest, like ten years, man. Like even before the way it is now, which you know. It's like, I felt such a responsibility, right? To always have a message that was a hitter, you know? I wanted every message to be at least as good, if not better, than those guys out in Reading who, who are all over the world with their messages. That's the standard that I was like, I wanna do stuff that hits harder than that, and I wanna cultivate this, and I wanna serve like awesome gourmet meals, even if it's on paper plates, you know what I mean? I wanna serve it, I want it, I want it to hit so hard, you know? And some of it even building, especially when we're much smaller, it was just like, it was like, that's my job of building. You know what I'm saying? They're going to come. Maybe, maybe our building's on the other side of the tracks. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't even have childcare half the time, which we have a bunch of kids, you know, now we do. But before we didn't, you know, maybe, we do, maybe our music's really, really weird and out there to some people, which it definitely gets that way. Or it used to be hardcore. You know, but I felt this responsibility, and maybe some of it was too much of a burden on myself. I want to come and smash on this stuff, and then after that, I'd, I'd be on a high for the next couple of weeks. Like especially if I felt like I got it, like yeah, I got it, I got it. No one's ever heard that. That was boom, boom, boom. And then a couple of days later, I'd go back into the pressure. I'd, be, I'd have pressure, like all right, gotta have another one, because there might be 25 people there, but there might be four new people, and I want to make sure their head gets ripped all the way off by this message. That's the way it went. You know what I mean? I want it to be better than anything they could have heard. You know, like, and that was the mentality and it's pressure. And when somebody would come back to me and be like, man, we talk a week later and like two weeks later, three weeks later, I was, I was listening back to that message and what you said about da 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 da. And I'd be like, dang, I said that. I'm like, wow, I kind of needed that today. You know what I mean? Wow, I wish I would have heard that. But I was too busy trying to fish for the next catch. Instead of say la, going back and processing, hey, this is the word of the Lord and this whole thing is farming. It's not, this ain't mowing somebody's yard. This is farming. It's a long game. You know what I mean? And I realized that in myself, like, it's like, yo, the word of the Lord needs to come so come into you on such a degree that like we can actually take it. And like Jesus said, like, with the measure you hear, it'll be measured back to you. Like, you can say la, you know, and park on some of this stuff. And let it fully, fully come a part of you. Because there's so much, even in the basic stuff, man, the simple stuff that Jesus used to say all the time. You know, and my, my buddy in Charleston sent me this, but he had a, he, you know, he, he sent me a, a, some pastor up in, a, I forget, Midwest, I think Ohio. But he quoted that, Mark 4.13, like, if you don't understand this parable, how you understand the rest of them? Like, hey, like, whoa, like this is a major, major important, but it's like, no, that's the most boring one. It's the most over top, but like, no, it's, it's incredibly important. You know what I mean? Because it's directly linked to us hearing the words of the seeds of the kingdom of heaven that come so simple. But the war is, the, it's a seed war. And it's a war of reality. 
And we're called to enforce what is reality. Our Bible says it is finished, you know, and that he has accomplished this thing. But we're walking around as wounded and as lost as the rest of the world and picking weird fights to fight about, enforcing our religion on people that aren't even believers. (laughs) You know what I mean? Trying to make our laws, our religion in the earth, and force it on them. And I know there's, it's important to vote, and there's certain things I'll never back off of, you know, there as well, you know, especially for me. But it's like, but in, instead of actually becoming the whole, those who are so whole that are walking in this reality to where it's like, yo, the world wants what you have. Like, what is that? That's different. That's different. I want it. You know what I mean? And that's where it is. That's where it's at. Profoundly simple. Incredibly mystical, this walk. But the mystic comes from the simple and from being rooted and grounded in this reality. The love of God and His Word, which is true. And it must, and it is. So Lord, we thank You that Your Word is true. And that Your reality is our reality. And so Father, we, we pray together in Your name. I thank You. Jesus said, in that day we would know that He is in the Father and the Father is in Him and that we are also in Him. And I thank You that in God we've been brought into this place of authority and fellowship and connection. And that Your Word is truth. And Father, we ask that um, we, we proclaim that hallowed and separate be Your name from everything that's been attached to Your name that's not right. From that bipolar view. And we come into agreement with your will that your kingdom would come, your reality, the reality of heaven in its full essence would be manifested on the earth just like it is in heaven. And we thank you that you've given us this authority by your spirit to bind those things down here that don't belong because they're not there in in heaven where we're actually seated with you. And that we have the authority to loose on the earth those things that are loosed in heaven and reality. We thank you, Lord, for your word, your daily bread, and for the power of forgiveness that you've given to us all. Let us walk as those who are so fully unlocked from every restraint and every bond that came in through the fall. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. Amen.